What up, Wolves? It is Don Chenz back with another interview. I'm here with hip hop artist MRG. Yo, yo. Hailing from Queens, New York. And actually, I'm going to start off with my beef with you right away, you being from Queens. <laughs> and I noticed you got, you're always rocking Yankee shit and shouting out the Yankees, but you're oh, Queens. So shit. why aren't you a Mets guy? Oh, shit. You, well, there goes my um, two truths and a lie. My, uh, <laughs> my, my, I already getting you. Yeah, because I, I was gonna say I was born and raised a Mets fan. So, D- dude, that's too easy. Yeah, I uh, check your Instagram. You got Yankees really? hats on. Nah, but I feel like I feel like being a hip hop artist. Um, it's kind of like hip hop culture to rock a Yankees hat because of Jay Z. That's kind of true. Like he says, he says something like, "I made the Yankees hat more famous than the Yankees did," or whatever. So I feel like. I don't know. I feel like it's hip hop fashion to rock a Yankees hat, unless you like Nas, you know, from Queens. I'm from Queens, so I should be rocking a Mets hat. But <laughs> you know, a lot of people, a lot of hip hop artists who don't follow baseball, right? Gonna rock a Yankees hat. But uh, yeah, that's funny. That that was my first one. I was born and raised a Mets fan, <laughs> um, so that's obviously the lie. I was born and raised a Yankees fan, even though I was born and raised in Queens. I still root for the Mets. It's kind of like I feel like in every sport. There's a big brother, little brother for New York. Um, you know, Yankees, Mets, Yankees fans. I think Yankees, I mean, I don't think. It's objective. Yankees are obviously the better franchise, best franchise in baseball. So, like, we don't mind the little brother. We're rooting for the little brother. But the Mets are like the little brother. They're kind of jealous of their older brother. And they, that's, that's they get pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get pleasure out of seeing the Yankees lose. But I would love to see the Mets in the World Series every year. You know, so. But see, that's why I. It's obvious you're not a Mets fan. I'm just wearing it for fashion because if you were a Mets fan, you'd never rock a Yankees that's hat. That's true. So. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> you'd, you'd hate that's the Yankees. That's true. That's true. <laughs> or oh, I just wouldn't be a baseball fan, but I'm a baseball fan for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess let's get the other two truths. Maybe. Yeah. The other two truths. Uh, my favorite rapper is J Cole, and the other truth is my favorite sport is basketball. Yeah. Playing gotcha. and watching. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm glad I, I, that was the first time I ever got the answer right before the question right, was even right. asked. So I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You still ball, you still ball up and play pickup and stuff? Yeah, or no? I actually, I'm in the corporate league playoffs, even though I'm not <laughs> corporate, I'm not at EY anymore. Um, you know, I had to put the team on my back. They still hit me up, even though I left <laughs> semifinals game on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I still ball, man. Ball is life. Ball is. Ball is like therapy for me. You know, it's the one place I can go where I can just let my mind free and not have to worry about anything. You know, as corny as it sounds, like ball is actually life. Like, even though I don't get to play that much anymore, ball is something like if if I want to play ball and something comes up, I'm like, my whole day is ruined because I like look forward to playing ball. So that's how I am with hitting the gym. If I don't hit the gym, I get exactly. super bent out of shape about it. <laughs> for real, because it just, it just kind of like, Kills your like, mental. Yeah, like levels you, know? you out. Like exactly. Keeps you, keeps you on a yeah. equilibrium. For real. Yeah. Um, so we're doing an interview because you got a new song and video coming out this upcoming yes, weekend, right? So why don't you uh, tell me and the people, like, what's mm. the song? Who's it with? What can we expect? Yeah, the song is called Broken Hearted. It's with actually my childhood friend, my boy, um, that's like one of my best friends, so I could say his government, Sean. His rapper name is, uh, artist name is Sweeze. Oh man, we did this song back in February 2018. And this is Sweeze's first intro. It's his intro to the world as an artist. So 
I'm super hyped for him because pe people know, people have heard my stuff, but you know, Sweeze is literally like, no one's, he, he doesn't have an artist profile. He doesn't have any music up. So I'm excited to see my best friend um, embrace the spotlight a little bit because you know, when, when someone has that first impression, that's like a golden moment. Like you never get that first impression back. So for me to be able to share that with him because it's his first impression, even though it's my song, is something I'm really looking forward to. And people are going to be shocked because, you know, they know I'm boys with him. So they thought maybe we're in the studio messing around and he's like my boy. So I let him get on the track, but I let him get on the track because I think he can be one of the next best artists. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Uh, I just showed him mad love. There. I didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. talk about me, but now nah, it's the first single off my album, and um, I'm excited. I really think I really think this song could blow up. Not just not just saying. That. I'm sure a lot of artists say like, "Yo, this is the one," but I'm excited. And uh, what can we expect in terms of the actual video and the visuals? Um, the videos. Ah, the visual. Excuse me, the visual kind of trippy um i'm wearing these crazy contacts it's kind of like an allegory being brokenhearted um we did like an allegory or metaphor or whatever the correct term is of like being a zombie the song is called way too young to be brokenhearted it's a little poppy we actually don't curse in it it's not like i did the record and i was like yo this is a pop song i don't want to curse we just did it and it came out that way but you know i think it's uh it's something new too i'm i'm my new stuff is very melodic. My old stuff was more boom, bap, typical New York, kind of like, not Dave East, but, you know, very just straight bars, no melodic, no no melodies. And, and all this stuff is like catchy, melodic, and not as hardcore as my old stuff. But I still got some hardcore stuff on the album, so, yeah. Do you think that shift in sound was more like is that more of what just you want to make in the moment or more of a strategic decision or i just want to try something new like what was the reason for that shift man i think everything honestly hey i wanted to try something new i feel like boom bap is a little it's not that it's going extinct but i'm really competitive and i felt that doing melodic catchy hooks but still being true to true to yourself is is the best way to go I think if you're gonna go boom, if you're gonna take the boom bap route and not have catchy hooks and just straight bars, like you gotta be like one of the greatest, honestly, in this generation, you know. So I try and combine like the old school with the new school. So I think it was it was mostly I think it was like half strategic and half just me wanting to be the best I can be. And I feel like all of the best, not uh, music is so subjective. Subjective, it's not sports. It's not like dudes out here dropping. 30 points per game, but I felt that the most popular music is like the hip hop, the poppy hip hop, you know? Yeah, that's definitely where the sound is kind of heading, at least yeah. as of right, at least where it's at right now. Uh-huh, for sure. Do you think that's like in terms of the state of hip hop, you think that's good? Because personally, like I like that old like, New York sound yeah. and, and they're, you, they're definitely losing that For real. like regional sound. Like I remember when I was younger, you definitely. would, you could hear a song and you would know exactly where the right, artist was right, from by right. the sound. You could tell like this guy's from Atlanta, he's from New Orleans, yeah. he's from New York, but you don't really get that anymore. Do you think that's oh, good or bad or it doesn't really matter? Oh man. I try being different when it comes to uh, musical questions like that I guess because I'm an artist 
and making music and 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 actually recording i i'm a lot more open-minded and accepting of music because i actually do it now so i'm like less of a critic and more i just appreciate it obviously i think the game could use more you know especially in new york like true true spitters like straight bars but i'm not here to call anybody out you know i, I just kind of go with the flow and try and make the best music i can right yeah. i also think it's you don't like have, I think probably the reason that happened is because mm. you don't have to be confined like, oh, I'm from New York. I have to yeah, make this yeah. kind of music. So I'm sure that's probably why people started to, you know, move away from that kind right, of style right. where they felt like they had to do a certain kind of music. For real, like with social media, you could, it don't really, I feel like it doesn't even matter where you're from nowadays. You yeah, know? it doesn't Like We're just a global community and. Like Lil Nas X, I, I thought he was from New York because his name was Nas. <laughs> and I see the dude with a cowboy hat on, I'm like, he's not from New York. <laughs> Although, isn't he from Atlanta? I don't know if that's a cowboy hat. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. He's from Atlanta. Is he? I, I might be making that up. I don't even know. Wow. If he's from Atlanta, that's crazy. Atlanta's <laughs> really, really running shit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, nah, but like, like Dave East, um, who I love, I, I love him as he, an artist. He, he balls hard too. Yeah. He, he yeah, can He can hoop. He can hoop. Um, He's probably him. I wonder who's better, him or J. Cole. Probably Davies, gotta be. I like Davies. No, no, in basketball. I would say Davies. Yeah, yeah for Davies, sure. Davies. Yeah, Cole's a little frail. <laughs> Cole's a little, if, if he threw that Cole's dunk down at the All Star game, maybe it would oh, change my yeah, mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Davies, Davies is, uh, I'm sorry, J. Cole, just because J. Cole is my favorite rapper, so I would never want to disrespect him, but. Davies will put J. Cole in the post. Yeah, I think so too. Oof. Yeah. I, th- I think Davies probably got 30 pounds on him at least. At least. At yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, at least. At least. Definitely. Uh, who else, either now, like current or like older rappers or yeah. artists you look up to or influence your sound in any way? Oh, man. Kanye, you know, but Kanye's so controversial and he's a trip, but I'm a Kanye stan. Obviously, like, he's gone kind of crazy so you know he's a hot topic right as someone as someone coming up like myself he's not someone you may want to like associate with but you know just nah, just I, music aside and just him coming up like Kanye just he transformed the whole game he's a re, he he like gave birth to Drake Kid Cudi Travis Scott with his whole 808 and heartbreak he like made melodic music in my opinion hot in hip-hop yeah he definitely you know? did yeah, like so, the, no one was doing auto tune stuff right, until that, and that right. was even years before it started to become exactly. popular too. Because I heard that shit, and I was like, "Yo, this is trash." Right. And I know. Now, I love. I love that album. For real? Yeah, that's one of my Damn, favorite Kanye bro. albums. Damn. Which is a hot take. Cause most people, that's not their favorite. Yo, I love that's, that album. That's that might. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's probably the most influential Kanye album. Yeah. Because that that just like and and like I said, the fact that you liked it means like. You got a good taste for music because I think everybody I knew was so disappointed. They they were like, it was like catfish, like, like this is what we got, you know? It was like, yeah, I don't know why. It might have just been the time, like it was. I was in early high school and something. I don't know. I just love that. Oh, album. You probably got curved by a chick. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> <laughs> probably got curved by a chick. Talking about like I'm in love with you. You might, you might be right. You might be right. I don't think saying Heartless. I don't think loving old Kanye is a hot take though, because I think no matter what oh, people yeah, think about him now, no one will disagree with his influence on. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, for sure. Yeah, Kanye's man. I love Kanye's music. He's definitely an influence. Um. Nas too, being from Queens, I think Nas is probably the greatest rapper of all time. You know, I think J. Cole's like 
our generations, Nas, in my opinion. Yeah, so, that's a good comparison. So my favorite is J. Cole, but I, I would say Nas is the greatest. As far as like bars, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, I also saw doing some research on who your influ- uh, influences are. I saw you also said Daddy Yankee. Oh, yeah, Daddy Yankee. Damn, how could I forget? Dude, That's Daddy Yankee. Bio. I always say Daddy Yankee is so underappreciated. Yo, so underappreciated. Dude, g- granted, this is only like I'm only referencing one song, but Gasolina, that, yeah. I think that is the most universally loved song on earth. I don't think you could play that anywhere and someone not enjoy it. For real. And I mean, uh, to see. Well, not not that he did with Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber did it with them because he jumped on the remix. Right. Um, damn, what's that song called? Um, uh, the Justin Bieber remix with Daddy Yankee and Luis. I can't. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you about, know what I'm talking think, about. You know what I'm talking either, about. Yeah. Oh, Despacito. There you there go. Despacito. Go. Yeah. Um, Daddy Yankee to me was like the Drake before there was a Drake because he was singing. He was he was singing and rapping before. It was really a thing because I, you know, I, I used to listen to reggaeton like crazy back in the day, back in 2004. There was a lot of Latin, you know, Latin people were winning in 2004 as far as music. Not that they aren't now. You got Bad Bunny and everybody, but reggaeton hit New York City really hard with Gasolina, with Nori. Nori, um, he did that song, Oye Mi Canto, and... Um, he really brought like English and Spanish rappers together. You had Fat Joe doing songs with Daddy Yankee, and it was like a it was a dope time period. But it just died so quickly. Yeah, I don't know why, dude. Daddy uh, Yankee's yeah. great. Yeah, nah, Daddy Yankee's great. Definitely an influence. He's he's one of my influences just because of how he's like one of the first OGs to not only rap real shit but have the catchy melodies. Right. You know? And I was just saying, so you're, you're Dominican, right? And yeah. you, in your music, you also, I like you switch back and forth kind of mm-hmm. sometimes you start rapping in Spanish, yeah. and, which I think is actually cool how you're able to just kind of go from English, like quick Spanish, like yeah, a few yeah, bars yeah. and go back into English. And I think that's kind of what daddy Yankee would do at times too. So I, yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Like right. I saw you say that and then listen to the mm-hmm. music. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like that's not, nah, that's you know? dope. No, nah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Damn. Daddy Yankee. How can I forget, <laughs> how can I forget about daddy Yankee? Yeah, that's the man right there. What would you say was the first song? How long have you been doing music? Actually, I should ask that first. So I always did music. Music was always like, I always say this. So people listening to this are going to laugh just because I always, I sound like a broken record when I say this, but music was like my side chick and baseball was my, my main chick. I played football in high school. Sophomore year, uh, summer camp, I tore my ACL um, in summer camp. It's funny because I tore my ACL, and when I tore it, I I was playing running back in the play. I got the ball, and the offensive lineman fell on my knee. And I I got up, and I was like, damn, like, yo, this shit hurts. But, it, but you know, you would think a, a torn ACI would be screaming. Yeah, you could, like, you could play on it. Sometimes people yeah, hurt it, and they don't even know. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I was. So I was like, damn, like, I got up, and I fell immediately. I couldn't play it on my foot. I was like, hold up. Something's not right. And this is the end of practice. So I'm like, yo, I can't walk. And this is the end of practice right before conditioning. So people are like, oh, nah, he's just bullshitting. Like, he knows his conditioning time. Uh, he's just trying to sit out. And I'm like, nah, like, for real. Like, I, I can't I can't walk. 
So whatever, I go to the trainer's room. Everybody's looking at me salty as hell because I'm not doing conditioning. I thought you were going to tell me they forced you to do conditioning. Nah, I was nah, say, nah, nah, that'd nah. Be <laughs> that'd be messed up, yeah. honestly. And I'm the type of person who would try it too, just because I don't like, you know, I don't like arguing and especially with the coach. I was a sophomore at the time, so I was trying to get burned. And yeah, it was kind of bittersweet when I tore my ACL, as crazy as it sounds, because I was like, look, I, I tore my ACL. Like everybody thought I was trying to get out of conditioning, but I had a major injury that like, transform my life that's that's what really brought my love to music because I would always freestyle in the locker room in my neighborhood but um when I tore my ACL I couldn't play sports for nine months and I was an athlete I was a baseball player football was just you know I just I just love playing football but baseball I was playing travel baseball the whole year so you know when I tore my ACL it was devastating like I played baseball so much it was it was me finding myself as corny as it sounds like me reinventing myself and you know doing all the therapy for my knee not being able to literally play anything the only sport I could play was like ping pong so I got nice <laughs> at ping pong though I, I love ping pong um it comes in handy at parties yeah exactly <laughs> yep ping pong ping pong is dope so yeah just be in my bed listening to music started um writing lyrics why not just doing freestyles my boy actually was rapping and he was like yo you should record something i was like all right why not i'm i'm handicapped can't play sports so let me let me um let me give it a shot and i gave it a shot and i played it for my mom and she was like who's this and i was like ma it's me and she just couldn't believe it and uh you know i think that was like one of the dopest moments i i felt like i i felt like baseball switch to my side chick and my main chick was like becoming music it's sick that's yeah. cool your mom is supportive of all the music yeah stuff? my mom is like she's like she's like my manager in a way because she's very real like obviously your mother's gonna love gonna love whatever you do because she gave birth to you so like you know i would assume every mom is gonna support obviously hip-hop is a controversial you know every every mom wants their son to do something that's financially stable right hip-hop is risky as hell especially today everybody's trying to be an artist so if somebody tells me they're doing hip-hop i'm going to prejudge them unfortunately which is messed up because i'm a hip-hop artist and i'm going to assume that their music is not good <laughs> just because of how saturated the game is and how much bullshit there is out there. But I can't talk because that same quote-unquote bullshit could be the next hit that you just don't know. That's, that's true. You know, I was, I was actually having a debate with someone recently. We were, we we're trying to debate what actually defines what an entrepreneur is. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, like, you could apply that to anything because you're saying, like, mm -hmm. everyone's a hip-hop artist. Like, what actually makes you a hip-hop artist? Like, if I just go and record one song and it's trash, but am I a hip-hop artist now? You know, like, what... What does it even take to become an artist at this Damn. point? Because anyone can do it. It's so easy to, yeah, yeah. like, you could buy the equipment, you learn it uh -huh. in a little bit, you, like, lay down a few bars, you buy a beat from someone, and that's yeah. it. I think the key word is, like, aspiring. If you're an aspiring hip-hop artist, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle because, you know, I, I, I have my business, I have my, I have a good a decent i have an okay amount of streams um no i was pretty good i saw your one song uh, the song bet on yeah, spotify that's, that's got a few hundred thousand yeah, yeah it does no that's true that's true that's i feel big. like i'm in the transition of being an aspiring hip-hop artist versus being a hip-hop artist um 
you know, anybody can be an aspiring hip hop artist, but I feel like when you have a certain fan base, and it's crazy because you could be the nicest dude alive, but if you don't have a fan base, to me, you're still an aspiring hip hop artist, you know? Right. I actually think you having that self-awareness to just yeah. say that about yourself is important because yeah. you need to have a good balance of confidence, at least in my opinion, you need to have a good yeah. balance of confidence, but also that self-awareness to be, you know, I still have a ways to go. I'm not yeah. there yet. Cause if you start telling yourself, Oh yeah, I'm the shit. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. hip hop. I'm yeah. this. It's like kind of clouds your judgment. I would say. No, nah, no, nah, for sure. But it's also why I love Kanye because he don't, he don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. He's the total opposite though. Yeah. He's just, you know, just, speaks it into existence i'm the yeah, best i'm yeah. this and yeah he is he, the total opposite of that almost he, and he's also a prodigy you know like he was making like five beats five beats a day in the summer or whatever he said but uh yeah i'm pretty blunt like if i i try and be stoic in the sense that if anything amazing happens i don't celebrate too much and if anything tragic happens i don't cry or make a a fuss about it so and i think that that works well for any entrepreneur you know just being an entrepreneur you have to you're gonna bleed a lot for the first couple years and you know being an entrepreneur hip-hop artist all it takes is that one song the same way being an entrepreneur all it takes is that one business transaction and everything compounds that you work on so right you never know when it's gonna come either exactly you You never know and you can quit right right before your biggest break so it's pretty scary to think about, you know? Yeah, I, I always say that too. It's If you recognize a talent in yourself and you're confident, mm-hmm. I think the only thing that separates people then in that bracket who succeed and don't are just people that give up too soon yeah. or people just say, I'm just going to keep going, you know? So yeah. I, th- I definitely think that's important. Uh, so you're saying you're talking about, you know, working for a while before you might see your, you know, a song break or something like that. How long... How long were you making music until you started to see some traction and what song was it for yeah. you that started giving you some traction and motivation that you're on the right track? So the dude I, I did a, a a rap group with, he's my boy, Chris Jones, actually. I shot him out in bet. He's also like one of my mentors. He's just so into um, stoicism, is that how you say it? Stoicism, being a stoic and just... He's like the king of philosophy. He knows he knows a good amount about dieting and stuff. I was I was speaking to him about the fasting. Um, he we had a rap group. Long story short, his dad was family friends with DMX's manager. So for Chris Jones' birthday, um, we ended up. This was in high school. I think we were juniors or seniors in high school. We ended up rapping in DMX's studio. DMX's manager was there, um, and it's crazy because it was my first time in an official studio. And the, when the engineer records, he can press a button. So we're, me and him are in the studio, and we're just talking shit, like cutting ass about everybody in the in, on the other side because we're in the recording booth. And I'm just talking shit, like yo, I don't know that dude's haircut's funny. Just 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 dumb shit, just just to like because we're nervous. We're in the studio, right? And I didn't realize he hit the button where he could hear everything <laughs> we were saying. So. That just fucked me up even more because not only was I nervous, I looked like an asshole. So I was like, "Oh man, I'm not, I'm not doing so well." But uh, long story short, long story short, we do the song and I do my verse, and then DMX's manager was like blown away. He was like, "Bro, like for someone who who just started, like you have clear talent." And he ended up hitting me up, and he wanted he ended up hitting me up to do a song with DMX. Kind of a crazy situation because DMX was in jail at the time. 
he was finishing up his project. His manager gave me the song. It was produced by Swiss Beats. It was called Hold the Line. Damn. Yeah, That's sampled crazy. this, I think, Toto song? Toto? So I I'm I gotta get my rock knowledge up. Um Toto? Toto, yeah, no. Toto, Toto yeah, yeah wow. I sound crazy. <laughs> we could leave that in there though. I'm blunt. I'm not I'm not ashamed of not knowing things, so that is it is what it is. Um Ah, uh, yeah, Toto, hold the line. Crazy beat. Swiss beats killed it. So I did the verse. I got this I got the cosign from Swiss Beats, cosign from DMX's manager. But then DMX came back from jail and he just he was acting a fool. He got arrested, I think at LaGuardia or something like that. And the label ended up dropping DMX because of like how much of a liability Damn. he was and you know, they weren't it was a bad investment cuz legal fees he wasn't making music because he was in and out of jail. So the song we did ended up being a dead project. Um yeah, I was supposed to get like $3,000 for it. I have the contract on my phone just because I feel like at the time. That's a big nobody deal. Nobody believed me. Yeah, yeah it was a big, a big deal. deal. I was so even, a song produced by Swiss Beats, man. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I was like, yo, I'm out of here. I was like, I ain't going to college. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then uh, nah, I was, I was going to college. But I was thinking like, oh, I'm about to be famous. Like, we out, we out here. Like, and then looking back at it, I'm glad it didn't happen because I was so new as an artist i just wasn't ready my music was corny but i did kill the feature like I, I well i was gonna say i body dmx but you know what fuck it i'm blunt i'm blunt i, bo I body dmx on the song like I, I killed him on the song so it was gonna be a dope moment but you know things happen for a reason um i feel like in hip-hop you get one shot and that would have been my one shot and it would have been great but i don't think i would have followed it up with anything special and i think i would have been like somebody I feel like it's harder to be somebody who got that shot and then try and get that shot again versus somebody starting from scratch you know right you're always trying to chase it almost exactly. in a way yep. you're trying to chase like that one moment exactly so I feel like I'm okay with the way it panned out and I feel like this album I'm, I'm about to drop is is my debut because uh, I mean technically the first thing I dropped was the EP it was six songs so by at least Spotify standards it's not an album and it's kind of confusing because this 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 album is called Live from the Hearst 2. So it's a little confusing because technically by Spotify, it's my first album. But I, I treat this as a debut because it's 14 songs. I'm getting a publicist. You know, it's, it's going to be actually like we're going to have a marketing plan. So I can't wait. Right. And at this point, no one even knows what's an album versus a mixtape yeah, exactly, versus an EP. Exactly. It's all like, it all exactly. blends. It's just a project. Every, exactly. You know, at that point, like, like Chance is saying his new albums is his, his debut album, but he's like three albums deep, you know, wow. it's like. He called it his debut album? His, he's because he's saying all his previous projects mixtapes. are mixtapes. So he's ah, saying this is that. like, come on, dude, that's not your debut album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so nobody even knows anymore. I um, get it. I get it though. I get the marketing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, that's true. It is marketing. Um, yeah. So you ended up, you said you did go to college. Yeah, I went to Villanova. Um, and I actually saw you made a song that got pretty big. Yeah, uh, yeah. For, you did an all the way up remix when Nova won the basketball yeah. championship that kind of blew up on SoundCloud, right? Yeah, that shit did blow up. Um, that was funny. That was a funny experience. This, this song was so much bigger than me. I was on campus just walking around. I'm a pretty shy person, honestly, unless I'm cool with you. So I would hear the song everywhere. And I wouldn't tell anybody. I would just hear it. Like, I'd be participating in class, and a car would go by 
and my voice would interrupt me participating. And That's I'd be like, weird. oh shit. I'd be like, yo, this is crazy. But I knew it that I, I knew it was like kind of like not as an entrepreneur, but just as someone who understands the music game that I knew that, okay, this is what it feels like to be have a famous song, even though it's a remix, I don't own it. I knew I wasn't gonna get any money for it. So it was cool. It was cool to be like have the theme song on campus. Obviously, parties playing it everywhere. The bars playing it everywhere. Did people know it was you? Like whenever it came on, if you were there. So in the beginning, they didn't. But once I shot the video, and um, I had some boys on the basketball team, so they showed me love, and they were like, "Yo, this is him." And then everybody was like, "Oh, that's who it is." And then I got like the love in person, which was dope. So it was cool. It was cool. But I was always like, it was it's it's kind of like a chip on my shoulder because I'm like, "Yo, if if this is." The, if this is my biggest accomplishment, I'm a failure. Yeah. But it's still a cool accomplishment to be a part of the title run and like just to have the players bump it in the locker room before the game, you know, before they made history. Like just to be a little bit of, just to be a piece, a little piece of that history is something I always have that you can't put a price tag on. Yeah. That's a good point too. kind of, again, like I'm saying, I like your mentality, the way you look at things, because yeah. I think a lot of people will take that as a big victory and they'll kind of start to get complacent in a way. Yeah. And that's definitely... You know, you have to be like, all right, cool. This is sweet. This is, I like this feeling. I yeah. got to get it again. I got to exactly. you know, keep going for it. I got to shoot bigger maybe next time. Yeah. You know, so that's definitely good that you're not patting yourself on the back almost because yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to take your foot off the gas. Exactly. And I'm, you know, I'm a pretty prideful dude. So I was skeptical at first because I'm like, man, I'm the same age as these dudes, maybe even older. I don't want to seem like a cheerleader. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, but everyone likes that. It's like a title run and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. That's, that's kind of different. People yeah. love sports and college. You exactly. Know, my, spirit and stuff. My, my boy convinced me and he 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 had the idea. He was like, yo, you should do a you should do a remix to a song for Villanova. And I was like, uh, I don't want to be like a, a cheerleader. But I love Villanova basketball. So I was just being prideful because I love like Villanova yeah. basketball. And my and one of my best friends was on the team. He was a center at the time. So it made sense. And I literally did the verse like I did that shit in like 15 minutes. It was crazy. It just it just flowed so naturally. It was just a genius idea by my boy to to, to do a remix. And I just thought of one line. And once I got that line, I think it was like uh it was like Tell Buddy Hill we headed to the top. The L come in Oklahoma sooner than he thought. I was like, I chuckled. I was like, wow, that shit is so corny, but people gonna fuck with it. So <laughs> once I said that line, like I freestyled most of it, and I was like, oh no, nah, this, this shit cool. This it's cool. That's dope. Yeah. Uh, so then, did you get aged? You said you used to work at EY. You're talking about your corporate basketball league. So you got yeah. a job, I guess, uh, nine to five out of college. Yeah, I was nine to five, nine to five. Yeah, my ass. That. that shit was like <laughs> yeah, nine to five doesn't exist anymore. It's like eight thirty to five thirty at, at best. Yeah, probably man. More. They trick you with the salary. Yeah. Um, you know, I I try and have an entre- I I don't know. I feel like calling myself an entrepreneur is like everyone calling. I, I want to be careful. What, that's what I, I want to be careful. I don't want to label myself an. Entre- yeah, that's exactly. I what am. I am an entrepreneur. Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to be corny. Like, oh, as an entrepreneur. But nah, as an entrepreneur, I was like, okay, I like to. Time is. The, the most valuable thing as a person with no kids, I'm not married and I'm living at home. So I was listening to this podcast, actually, I'm, I might be digressing, but his name is Naval, I think. Indian dude. He's a oh, big tech he, guy. Naval. Yeah, How he, to get rich. He was, he was just on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. And I loved him. Like he yeah. had a great episode and I uh-huh. got, I started following him on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. yeah he's a smart dude. Yo, that dude. 
he has his podcast episode, How to Get Rich. And it was he was just like, yo, I had this mentality too. Like, you know, it's it's not how much you make every two weeks. It's how much are you getting paid per hour? So I was like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm working my ass off. And at the end of the day, when I'm crunching the numbers and I see how much I'm getting paid per hour, I'm like, nah, this, this isn't worth it. Because, you know, a salary, there's no overtime. So the more I work for y'all, the less I get paid per hour and the less time I have to do what I felt like I was put on earth to do. So I knew I was going to work there until I paid off my loans. So I paid off my loans, you know, because compounded interest. It's one thing to be broke. It's another thing to be broke with loans. You know, that's like a battle that I would never, uh, you know, I I would never want an entrepreneur to have a shitload of loans and see those loans compound and just get crazy. So I knew, okay, let me work in corporate America, pay my loans off, save a little bit of money and then get the hell out of there ASAP. So I always knew going into it, that was the route. And and I felt bad because I'm a pretty genuine person. And people would ask me, oh, where do you see yourself in the company? And, yeah, you know, those are always awkward. Like, like, I don't want to be here, but yeah, you can't tell them that. <laughs> right. So I'd be like, yeah, man, this is dope. Like, I love, I, I mean, I love the people at EY. Don't, don't get me wrong. But like, in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to give y'all the peace sign once these, once Sally Mae is out of here. Like, <laughs> once Sally Mae is off my back, I'm out of here. So um, I learned a lot at EY, though. You, you know, I, I was doing IT consulting, which... Oh man, that was probably the most stressful shit I've ever done just because you don't learn it in school. They they overwork everybody, so you don't have anybody to give you guidance. You don't know what's going on. But it just it just you know, I learned people skills, communicating with clients, communicating with executives, working on my professionalism. That was always my biggest knack. I just had too much of a Queens accent and you know, I would I guess because I'm like, I'm just so blunt. I, I don't, I never liked speaking quote unquote proper. I just, you know, communication is just getting a message from A to B. Right. Some people like bullshit around what they're trying to say. Exactly. Just, just say what you got to say and, and I, get to the point. I guess now working at EY, I can, I can bullshit, but like, I just never wanted to bullshit, you know? I was never really good at networking because... Not that I'm not good at networking, but I'm not one to put on. You can't fake it. I can't fake it. And some people are amazing at faking it. And that's how they climb the ladder, the social hierarchy. And that's how they they get paid and more power to them. You know, I guess I was kind of jealous of those, not jealous of those dudes, but I was like, man, fuck y'all. Like, I know exactly what you're doing. And and these were some of my boys. Not that I was jealous of them. I'll never be jealous of my friends. But I was like, damn, like, I can't do that. Like, the fact that you guys can do that, it's like, that's crazy to me. Like, I can never go up to somebody and, but you know, they, they got to eat, they got to get paid. So more power to them. It's, I, I totally respect the networking game, you know, but I can never just be in a room of random people and, which is a flaw, to be honest. It's a flaw. It's something yeah. I got to work on because it's it's all about who you know. So what was it like growing up in Queens? Man, that, Queens, that people outside of Queens wouldn't understand. Um, and the commute, I was 40 minutes late here. <laughs> That's like typical, typical, uh, rapper yeah. fashion though. You got to show up for real, late. show up late, fried, drunk. <laughs> nah, nah, was I wasn't going to say anything. You called yourself out. <laughs> yeah, for real. Nah, nah. I had to mention it. Um, being from Queens, I'm always late. Um, A, cause I'm in Queens. B, because the MTA just sucks trash, out there. Yeah. Trash. It's trash. 
like when I was texting you, I was like, oh man, I'm I'm late. And then I was like, oh man, the train stopped working. I'm late. I felt like if somebody tells me that, I'm just thinking, okay, these dudes just ran super late, and like the MTA shit is just an excuse. But I was genuinely no the MTA. Once you experience it, fifteen yeah. minutes, I was <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like it took me an hour thirty to get here. So damn, like, did it really? Yeah. So like, and, and that happens. Free, that happens way too many times. Yeah, more than it should for sure. Yeah. So Queens, I mean, shit, shit is far. But I love Queens. It's it's so diverse. Like this sounds corny, but like I grew up pretty damn colorblind like jackson jackson heights east elmhurst that's like literally the most diverse neighborhood in the world like per square whatever the there was like a calculation like yeah i actually do kind of remember feet. some hearing that before that somewhere yeah. in queens is like one of the most diverse areas in the country or something yeah so queens is dope just like so many different cultures so many different food options um it was it's just my swag like being from Queens and, and going to private school, I was in Prep for Prep, which is like a minority program that took kids from public schools and put them in independent high school. So being from Filson, I was just known as a dude from Queens because just my, just the way I communicated, the way I talked, like people would chuckle when I would participate. And at first I was kind of like, like, damn, these guys are making fun of me or whatever, but I didn't care, to be honest. I was just like, it's not that serious, you know? Because I know if I hear somebody, you know, mess up, I don't know. I feel like it's just it's just funny to be different sometimes. And I realized that. And I, I was like, I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to change. And I, I did it naturally. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm way more well-spoken than I was back in the day. Like, I would use slang like, yo, there, there's mad food here or whatever. And, like, I would get people would look at me like mad. Like, what do you mean? Like mad food? Like, is the food happy? Is it sad? And then, and then, and then I was just at a party at a high school party and I hear this girl go, yo, there's mad beer here. And it was probably the same chick who laughed at me 10 years ago. And like, she's now using the slang. And I used to be like the only kid who wore Jordans and like, well, I, I, I remember being the only kids who being the only kid who wore like Jordans for the most part. And then like people would just, yeah, now I don't it's, know, Kat. it's now it's cool, thing, yeah. you know. So it's like, I just embrace it. It's, it. I was I was always different wherever I went. Um, being mixed, my dad's Dominican, but my mom's American. She's like Irish, Scottish, like super white. And my dad's um, he's Afro Dominican, so he's like Pedro, David Ortiz skin color, old Sammy Sosa skin color. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you know, he looks I, nuts now. Yeah, Sammy yeah, Sosa. yeah, for real, he looks like a piece of like. Yeah. Uncooked chicken, <laughs> um, like yeah, like his. Yeah, I don't know what crazy. happened. To him. It's sad, man, because it's it's just the anti, you know, in dr. There's a, I don't know. It's just like the. This is a long conversation, but you know, there's a lot of anti-black um, hating the African roots out there. So that's why I think Sammy Sosa. You did think? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would sure. make sense. I can understand. Yeah, I, that yeah. kind of would make sense for sure. But yeah, I, I feel like. I, a, I'm racially ambiguous. B, I'm from Queens and went to school in Van Cortlandt Park. So wherever I go, I'm always like the outlier, so to say, as far as like everything. So I, I just embrace being different because it's who I was and it, I never let it bother me, you know? Right. And yeah. definitely, yeah, it teaches you at a young age. You kind of yeah, get exactly. older, right? Yeah, I learned at a super young age for sure. 
Uh, yeah. So I was, I've was, i been listening to your music for a little while because your mutual uh, friend, Adam, who put me on your yeah, stuff. Hey. Um, but so I was listening to more. I was listening to it today before we were doing the interview. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to Like I'm Lonzo. Hey. I love that song. Thank you. So thank you. I, you made that like two years ago, I think, right? Like 2017, yeah, I think. that song is like, oh man, I love that song, but. Do you still want, my question is, do you still want to ball like Lonzo? And That's what I'm still saying. Hold true? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I used to. Oh man, I used to like, I had this rap line where I was like, I'm the rap version of Austin Rivers. <laughs> and that's what, yo, that's what he was a high school killer shit. Oh my God. And yeah, like, that's the <laughs> And now he's kind of trash. And and I made a Lonzo song and, and Big Baller Brand fell apart right away. So I'm just like, damn, I might have like the Drake curse. Well, Kawhi, what well, the Raptors won, so that curse doesn't exist. But I was sure. just like, Damn, I went from saying Austin Rivers to Big Ball. I mean, Lonzo can still do his thing. I think he'll still be good. I think Lonzo can still be nice. Yeah, I think Lonzo's still going to be nice. But the whole point of the Like I'm Lonzo song was like, yo, being an entrepreneur, owning your quote unquote masters, he owned his, he was like, I'm not going to sign with anybody. I'm going to do my own sneaker brand. And to see that shit burst into flames, I was like, damn, bro, there goes Like I'm Lonzo. I mean, you can still bump to the song, obviously, but. You know, the song was supposed to be an independent I like family the, business. I like the message of the song, though. Yeah, I was just saying, you, have a, you had a line, uh, I, I own my own masters, only uh, only person I work for, like a slave, is me. Yeah. And I, I like that. That's kind of my attitude where, you know, people, you just, you put in all this work and you're just working for somebody yeah. else and not really getting what your actual value is, you know, the value of the work yeah, you Yeah, I mean, shit, that's, that's like the, that's like an entrepreneur motto, you know? Like I'm doing all this work for me. You're like you're you're doing all of the input and you're getting all the output. Exactly. So, you know, in corporate America, you could do. I mean, you can you'll get a raise at the end of the year, but I never thought of it as efficient to do all that input for that little bit of additional right. output. They're just kind of dangling a stake in front of you just to keep you interested, but you're just running exactly. on a treadmill. That's exactly. all you're doing. You're not really going forward. Yeah, man. And EY seemed like a blur. EY was, oof, was tough. You know, you have your moments when you work from home and, and have, you know, go to happy hour. And, and, and like I said, the people are amazing. I, I got nothing but love for them. But, man, I more power to the people still, you know. I mean, people have families and people, like I said, I don't have a kid. I don't have a baby mama. Thank God. <laughs> Not Pull out game that. strong. No, nah, we might have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, thank God. Like, because, you know, some people are there because they have to be there. They have to provide for their family so more power to them, you know. Right now's the now's the time. You have no responsibility to anyone but yourself. So now's exactly. the time to go for what you want. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you're talking about owning your own masters too. So you're saying like yeah. you own your own masters, and that's something you seem like you take pride in. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that's the hot topic kind of in music in general, probably more so hip hop. Yeah, for sure. Masters. Um, just having creative control, being able to do what you want to do. You know, the the sky is the limit when you own your masters, but. You know, they're definitely huge cons. When you sign to a major label and give away your masters, the con is obviously not owning your masters, but the pros are you get a dope advance and you get amazing marketing, you know? Marketing, you get a push, you get exposure you wouldn't have gotten. So just owning your masters is honestly putting all the chips on yourself. So I think with the internet, with my network, and with my talent, I think... In the long run, owning my masters would be the best bet. And honestly, even even signing a record deal now, you have to have a fan base. So 
you kind of have to start out being independent. Like, you don't get a deal for spitting the illa 16, you know? Like, even if you're even if you're Justin Bieber nowadays, I don't think he would have got, I mean, I don't know if he would have got signed unless his, I mean, I'm sure his, I'm sure his Instagram would have been dope because he's like a cute kid playing guitar. <laughs> so I'm sure he would have built an Instagram following. But if you don't have an Instagram following, you are not going to get signed. Even if you like sound like the greatest singer, you know, rapping is subjective. Singing is a little bit less subjective, you know? So it makes sense to go independent. Yeah. I also think kind of, what you're saying about having an Instagram following, uh, like mm. the A&R process has kind of been removed. So as opposed yep. to before where people were going out and trying to find, you know, young, talented artists who mm. might not have exposure and the label goes, oh, we can, you know, this, we can push this person. But now it's more so you got to make noise yourself. Yep. And they say, oh, look, this person has 50,000 followers. People mm-hmm. like their music, their streams are this. Let's sign them. So it's almost, it's reverse. Like the, it's more on the artist now to try and build exactly. that audience first. It's crazy. Like you could do an audition of 10 people and you and you can hear everybody and there'll be no correlation. Maybe I sound like a hater, but there wouldn't be that much correlation of talent to Instagram following. Right. Like if you were like, yo, who had the most Instagram following? You just don't know. It's yeah, you wouldn't more, be able to tell just it, based off hearing them. You yeah, wouldn't. You wouldn't. That's just how the game is. The game is evolving. Um, and, you know, the hot, the buzz where entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur is like, your music isn't the brand. You are the brand. So, you know, it's something I'm starting to realize. Like, yo, I could have the hottest song out. But if I'm not interesting as an artist outside of the music, people may not buy into it. You know, obviously, if the music is dope, I have a higher chance. But. People like seeing people with crazy hair, face tattoos. You know, I think that shit is a wave and it'll eventually die. But people like shock value. And, you know, it's something I got to think about that I am the brand, not just the music, you know, like who I am and like doing a podcast, you know, it's part of the brand. Right. So what's your, so we're pretty much saying that it's now twofold. You got to have the ARP, you got to have the business and the marketing. Like, do you have any you have type of be. strategy or approach you're, you're trying to take to, you know, push the business side of it more so than just the art? Yeah. I think just doing stuff like this, like any opportunity I can get, you know, I heard the podcast, it's a dope podcast. I was like, Thank yo, you. yeah, I definitely want to get on this. So just doing everything I can outside of music that gets my brand that gets mrg out there so yeah um does it ever get do you ever feel frustrated like you're not making process at the pace that you feel like you should be or that you expect to like does that ever deter you in any way or piss you (sighs) off because like i i haven't even been doing things anywhere near as long as you have been doing music and i get pissed off all the time (laughs) nah for sure for sure i mean Owning your masters and dealing with the, you know, I have a manager and a co-owner who handles more of that stuff, but there'll be times where I'll make a song and I'll think it's the greatest song in the world and A, it'll be a sample, so I can't jump on it, or B, the producer will be like, yo, $5,000. So I'm like, oh shit. A, to clear a sample alone is like $5,000. And it's a, long, it's a difficult process, I think. Yeah, right? I'm not. Yeah. And and we just don't have that kind of money to clear a sample. And that's not even getting the beat. Some Like they'll, like if I jump on a beat, so I hear a beat online, download it. Usually it's for free download. Throw it in my Pro Tools, record in my bedroom. I record in my bedroom. 
I don't like going in the studio. I like being dolo. Um, Cause I like to experiment, do crazy shit. Not crazy shit, but you know what I mean. I might sound crazy in the studio, but anyways, I'll get the beat, download it, and if I like the track, I will reach out to the producer. And the, there have been plenty of times producers been like, "Yo, five thousand, or I can't do any less than five thousand. And I'll be like, "Well, there goes that banging ass song I just made." Yeah, you know, that's so. Yeah. That's like the that's like where my real frustration is at, where it's like my creative process is being. It's being, um, it's clashing with the financials of it, you know? Because usually being creative, and the solution would be to just make the beats myself, but like, I don't know, I'm so set in. I think one of my best talents is is picking the right beats. I think I think that's a talent as a, as a musician, so yeah, you know? Yeah, like being, being able to recognize like, yo, this beat sounds good with my flow. So... You know, maybe I'll try doing beats, but but that that's a whole nother ten thousand hours I got to put in to master right. it, and yeah. you know. So, do you have any producers that you work with frequently, mm-hmm. or you know, have a personal relationship with that you can hit up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The guy who did like I'm Lonzo, DJ Most Wanted. Um, he's also my engineer, and that's also like that's like one of my best friends. Um, yo, we be making songs like out of nowhere in six hours. My lead single on the album is called The Way It Goes. We did that shit in like 12 hours, put an all-nighter. It was originally a beat he gave to somebody else. And he was like, yo, this guy's taking too long with this beat. I was like, all right, bet. Let's just let's just like mess around and see what we come up with. And we came up with what I think is going to be the number one single on my album. So that's my boy. And then then I got some other people who I met online. It sounds like 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 dating and shit. Met online, <laughs> but nah, I just I swiped right. <laughs> right, I swiped right. Yo, your shit is fire, nah. But um, I like found him on SoundCloud, reached out, and then my manager finessed it so that we have a good relationship with them. So I have like a network of five producers, but one is my best friend who I could just one of my best friends who I could just hit up and drive over this crib and cook something up live. Yeah. So you have the video coming out. You mentioned the other single. So this mm-hmm. is obviously the lead up to, you got the project coming out yes, and sir. you said it's mostly um, melodic. And I was going to actually say from listening to your music, one thing I like, even though you were saying you tend to do a lot of, you were saying you do more boom bap, kind of mm-hmm. like spitting bars. I think one thing I wouldn't even, I think you definitely have done that before, but I don't know if I would even say that that's all you've done. Like, I think you've done a lot of melodic stuff already. That's and, true. And I was going to say one thing I liked is how I think no two songs kind of sounded very similar. I think a lot of, you'll see a lot of times now new artists come up and they kind of have almost like a formula. Yeah. They have like this one sound and be like, all right, this is my sound. You'll still just churn and burn like right, right, very right, right, similar right. sounding songs because yeah. it works. Yeah, if you know, it, like if, if they, they find something that works and they just yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. Um, but there are some people, some artists that it seems like, you know, they're more focused on, you know, I'm trying to create a song. I'm not trying to just pump out, you know, the same thing every time. So I think I appreciated that about your catalog that, I was listening to so far that no, I think you're dope. definitely trying to, you're like spreading it around. I yeah. think, to the sound. No, I appreciate that. I, that's kind of like the Queen's background. Like I was so used to like, like this is something I say all the time. Good food is good food. Doesn't matter if it's from Dominican Republic. Doesn't matter if it's from Spain. Doesn't matter if it's from India. That's how I kind of feel about the music I make. Regardless of the genre, a good song is going to be a good song. Regardless if I'm in a cowboy hat talking about Old Town Road or 
if I'm screaming your or some New York shit, you know. I wait. That's my favorite song of yours, actually. Oh, your your dub. Yeah. Yeah. What is what is up. a dub? Explain to people what a dub is. Oh man, so it's kind of <laughs> twofold because a dub is like a W. Like I'm going like you know. Oh, they got the dub. But I guess a dub is like it's kind of like you a herb. Like it's an L. So yeah. it's like the opposite. It's like you a dub, bro. Like like it's kind of like um. Yo, can we play, can, I, can I play basketball with you? Nah, bro, you a dub, you trash. Like, <laughs> go play somewhere else or, or get next. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite song you've done so far. I put that that's on. Dope. I don't know if you saw. Like, I have a the workout playlist I do I like I once a week, and I I put that on there on Let's when go. I first heard it. I really like that song, so that was a great one. You think it's a hype song? You work out to that? Yeah, dude. Dope. Yeah, I the, love be, that. the beat the beat makes me want to yeah. rob my mother. Like that beat is crazy. It makes yeah. me want to like. Do some ignorant shit. So, who's the other artist on that song? Christian Dior. Yeah, he, he yeah. killed that shit. Yeah, he did a good job on he, that too. I liked he, his verse. He yeah. killed that shit. He's yeah. a, he's another like Dominican dude who spits in. Um, he actually just did a song with Fat Joe and uh, De La Ghetto, who's a regga- reggaeton artist. So he's doing his thing. He's, you ever thought about doing reggaeton music? Since hell you like it yeah, so much? hell yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Once um, it's not some like I don't really. I'm not like, okay, I want to make a reggaeton song. I'm going to try and make it. I just do it based off of the music. I guess the the instrumentals I see online or whatever DJ Most Wanted is making. So he has a song in Spanish that I'm getting on. And it's basically like reggaeton. Yeah, so that should be coming out soon. Is that your typical record? Like, what's your recording process or creative process when you're making a song? You go beat first and then you try to put the lyrics down? Or like, how do you kind of formulate the song yeah so my process like changed completely it used to be i used to write bars because i didn't have any melodies i would just write bars to like dead presidents um you know just famous hip-hop tracks right and then once i started doing the melodies i would just do it based off the beat and then my new process which is what a lot of people do actually i throw on the beat and i just mumble melodies and i'll mumble the melodies and whatever melodies i like I'll typically like it'll be gibberish then I'll just fill in the gibberish with lyrics because and also what I'm what I'm starting to do is I'm not over listening to like a beat because I feel like my best stuff comes spontaneously and that's the tricky part about music right because like working out you can go to the gym you can get your reps in music you can get your reps in and not make any progress or you can do one rep and make a song. So music is really tricky because you can't just go to the park and shoot free throws. You can't just lift weights. You got to just keep going and going, you know? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, because yeah. like if I bench 100 pounds, mm-hmm. that's going to get me. So it's going to put on more muscle, make yeah. me stronger or something. But that's not necessarily the case when you're you know, making a song or something like that. Which is frustrating because you can't really... I mean, obviously you can make a schedule and stuff, but sometimes you just have a commitment like I would be a client site at EY and I get an idea and I would just go to the bathroom and take like a 20 minute shit <laughs> just like <laughs> just make a verse and do that shit right there because and this is this is something I heard on the Naval podcast he was like inspiration is perishable so whenever you get that light bulb like you better get that shit out because you'll never get that moment again or at least like write a couple sentences so you can keep the inspiration alive right so i have like ten thousand notes in my phone just a second thing or something just put it down so you don't forget you know yeah hell yeah Yeah. oh man my notes are crazy i started writing down my dreams recently 
Yeah. Yeah, I should. That's probably that's a good idea because you always forget them. Yeah, I was like, why not? Uh, I'll wake up and be like, I had a crazy dream. What was it? I, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and I just know it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, I started. I got mad random shit. Mostly lyrics in my notes, but yeah. Um. All right. So you think this project? Well, how long do you like? What's the estimated date for this project? Do you have a date yet? Yeah. yeah so we're dropping "Broken Hearted" the single, um, and then we're taking like a two week break just to spread the video and then i'm gonna drop six singles week after week after week and then so the last single will come out on september 13th and then the album's gonna be october 4th and the album will be 14 songs and the album's done album's done done. album submitted it's with the distribution partner ready to go that's it's exciting yeah it's It's exciting it's crazy just just push it like yeah i'm just proud like even if I never blow up, um, nah, this is gonna be it. This yeah, is the one that's gonna blow see, you up. That, that's another thing on the podcast. They were like, I rather, um, I rather work with a irrational optimist than a rational pessimist. And I was like, damn, because I be the rational pessimist sometimes. So right. when I blow up and get rich, it's it's <laughs> like that's gonna be cool. But like, it's the music I make that I'm gonna be proud of, not the. Grammys and shit like just the music that I made and you know it's just it's literally just the music I'm proud of you can't put money on that you can't you can't really measure that I mean obviously you can measure that if a song has a lot of streams it's a dope song but you know there's still that subjective nature to it and I just feel fulfilled by making that album I'm like damn this is what I feel like this is my ready to die or like my get rich or die trying you know so Hell yeah. Yeah, That's I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited. All right. Yeah. Should we uh, wrap up with music? any re- music recommendations you have besides for your music? That's the obvious one. <laughs> oh, man. I, I Shit. Music recommend. Yo, I don't even listen to new music like that. It's, you can go old shit. I don't care. Oh, man. Oh, do my old shit? I see or, you can oh, do other people's oh, old yeah, shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yo, this is crazy. Um, I don't even listen. Oh. So most of the music I listen to is like looking for producers and finding beats. Um, I had a crush on this artist, 070 Shake. Yeah, I like 070 Shake. Yeah, she's a, she's a Dominican artist. She's lesbian, but I still had a crush on her. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't matter. She was so, her voice was just so dope. She's Dominican too. So um, I was in a crazy 070 shake, 070 shake phase. She did some stuff with Kanye recently too. Right? Yeah, not too long ago. And then when I saw that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. Um, 070 shake is dope. I listened to this this guy named Eden. I actually did a cover to one of his songs while I'm singing. It's a pretty soft song, honestly. I kind of <laughs> lose rapper credibility from it, but <laughs> I'm so blunt, it doesn't matter. Um, I listen to his shit a lot. Like, I have a Pandora Eden playlist, and I just listen to his shit. His music is so calm, and it's like lovey-dovey shit. I think my favorite artist in New York is A Boogie. He's kind of the king of the melodic shit, so shout to A Boogie. I haven't heard any recent shit from him, aside from yeah. that album I yeah, guess he dropped. Yeah, not since his last album. Yeah, yeah, which was like a couple months ago. I'm a big, I'm a big Don Q guy, but he doesn't get any oh, love Don, compared nah, to A Boogie. Don, nah, Don Q, Don Q is serious. That makes sense, because Don Q's bars are crazy. Yeah. 
Don Q got bars. No, a, a Boogie's huge. I actually, I think I just missed one time I was in Miami and he was at the hotel. Me and my friends were staying at. We like oh, just shit. missed him down at the pool. Like we left and then someone was like, oh, hey, Boogie was at the pool. We literally just missed it. I wonder how, how tall are you? Did you see him like... You didn't see him, I didn't right? see him at all. Yeah, like, no, I literally left, and then people were like, oh, hey, Boogie was just at the pool we were I, at. I always, one of my favorite video games growing up was Def Jam, Fight for New York. It was this rapper, um, rapper video game, and it was like, it was like WWE, but for rappers. And at the time when it was out, I never thought I'd be a rapper, so I didn't think much of it. But now I'm like, damn, I wish, I wish they brought that back. That whole game, dude, that game would be more popular now than yeah, it was back hell in the yeah, day. Hell yeah. And I was like, and I'm like, yo, I think I would be a pretty good character in it. <laughs> Honestly, like, there are not too many rappers I'm afraid of. Like, all the rappers who I'd be afraid of are like old school, like the game, Busta Rhymes. Yeah, the game is someone I'd be scared 50 of for cent, sure. 50, 50 Cent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but anybody else, I feel like I'm cool. We could throw hands. <laughs> Yeah, like I I can't think of a rapper who's like up and coming like where I'd be like in the video game like oh shit I'm about to get my ass kicked you know so I wish they made that game like Big Sean yeah Big Sean's Big five, Sean's not six. gonna be in, he's not gonna be in the game <laughs> yeah like he like yeah he's I mean he's shout not, to Big Sean it. shout to Big Sean yeah but I don't think he's gonna make it <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's crazy like J Cole like <laughs> I mean then again I I like I said I I did like an acoustic cover so I'm sure they think the same but Yeah, that's true. Nah. They might see, yeah, they might see the same shit back. Yeah, <laughs> but nah, nah. Don't know what it is. <laughs> All right. So, MRG new what's the new song? New video coming out? Broken Hearted. Broken Hearted, new project. What's the name of the project? Live from the Hearst 2. All right. It's going to come out. I'll put stuff and links to his music and everything in the show notes of the podcast. And I'll, you know, when his music comes out, I'll post it all over my stuff so people let's can check it, it out. It. Thank you for doing this and making the long ass commute from Queens. Oh, no problem. I appreciate it, even though you're a Yankees fan. I, I know, I right? would have liked it if you shared That's my crazy. Mets misery, but it's all right. I'll, I'll give you a pass. Nah, I got you. Also, random fun fact. I feel like number two is always the best. NBA Street 2, NFL Street NFL 2. NFL Street 2 was the best one, yeah. I feel like every number two is the best, so... You already know this album's going to be crazy. That's that's a damn. I like yeah. that. That's a good way to end it. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get it. MRG, thanks for joining me. Uh, see everyone soon. Peace.